When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. I'm Commander Shepard, and this is my favorite Lorecast on the Citadel. Welcome to the Mass Effect Lorecast, the podcast where we explore the vast lore behind the Mass Effect games. Might help if I hit the unmute button. Hello, Spectres. Welcome in. This is the Mass Effect Lorecast on my channel today. So I am assuming direct control, as well as uh, Genesis. Dad, a.k.a. Tom, is sick. He's not here. So uh, in lieu of Dad being here, we're going to throw a party, and I've brought my friend Genesis with me. Genesis? Yeah, so dad's gone but mom's here instead i guess that works but <laughs> yeah, that that's right there we go all right so i am going to be trying to do my best here um shim chan and chat and chat says sam and jen my favorite podcasters that's so kind um so i'm going to be doing my best to try and make this in in one recording i had to build an entirely new scene for the lore cast today i'm live streaming on my channel at in seven legend uh, so we will, uh, do our very best, uh, but we do miss Tom. He is sick. And so we're going to do our best to cover the topic for today. That is, uh, Tally. So we're talking more about Tally in Mass Effect 2. Uh, and I'm going to try and make this as, as exciting as possible. Tom brings a certain energy to this, but, and, and some of these topics are with Tally are not going to be happy. Um, but I am... Down to party, Mass Effect style, as Genesis wrote in the notes. And uh, Jen, you say that you've made a certain playlist to dance to. Who made that playlist for you? Jairus, of course. I mean, it's canon. He has a playlist, so I follow it. I dig it. It's my vibe. There we go. Yeah. And uh, okay, so first of all, Genesis, we have already spoken about the migrant fleet. Mm-hmm. Give me your thoughts on last week's episode. Oh, okay. So, and I think that it was such a great idea to take that sidestep and talk about the tally tangential, as you called it, um, because the migrant fleet is so important to tally because it's her culture. It's who she is. And so having that whole discussion about like how she would have grown up and it brings a lot of insight to Tally as a whole character. I, I agree. And, you know, specifically, we discussed the future of this of the fleet being threatened by the degradation of the ships that's going on. And, and they've got a timeline now for when they think the fleet could be totally lost. Uh, so that's not mentioning the Warhawks who've been pushing for a war with the Geth to take back Rannoch and the attack from Cerberus on the Idina, showing that they are not invulnerable. And this is really important to keep in mind. You're going to want to keep this in mind while we go through the rest of this episode, because everything that Tally, her entire development as it pertains to the Corian race is relevant to this. In throughout the entirety of Mass Effect 2. So there's this veritable fire under the ass of the admirals who seem to be really the only people who know that there is this, you know, kind of deadline for when for when uh, the fleet could just completely die. Uh, so, yeah, keep that in mind as we're discussing how Tally's role has changed in Mass Effect 2. And that's more of a message to our listeners than it is to Jen, because Jen, I know that you've been keeping up with this. Oh, yeah, for sure. But I'm also wondering if you think that Tally might know about this. Do you think that she was like, you know, maybe her admiral father might have known, but do you think that he would have told her 
this information that there's only 80 years left? Given what we saw from him in the comics, I don't know, because he does seem to have high hopes for her and high expectations. But I also think that Tally's father knows what not to tell her to keep her out of trouble. So mm. so I don't think that he would tell her that, especially when she's just going on the pilgrimage. She's just kind of gaining her feet underneath her. I don't know if he's going to lay that on her specifically because in Mass Effect 1 we have to we have to remember that she was just going on her pilgrimage. She it's not like she had a, t a ton of authority or even really a job within the migrant fleet at that point. Um but then we meet her in Mass Effect 2 and things have changed a little bit, right? So mm -hmm. right off the bat I notice with Tally a sense of leadership. She's leading this team on Freedom's Progress, the first mission, really, the first real mission that we go on in Mass Effect 2. And she's investigating what happened to a young pilgrim, uh, young pilgrim, <laughs> <laughs> a young Corian on pilgrimage. Now, I didn't know that Corians particularly cared to spare the resources, you know, and manpower to go look for people. Uh, who go missing during pilgrimages, but maybe Tally is a trailblazer in that regard, you know, founding this team uh, to do so. If so, that would make sense given her own history, you know, how hard her pilgrimage was and how quickly it went awry with really little to no help. Yeah, and the fact that we also met, uh, there was the... Quarian in or no, I guess those were both on Omega, so I don't think it was in Mass Effect One. Never mind. Um, but the reason that I think that they went for Vitor is more about it being about Vitor, not necessarily that there was a Quarian out there who was on a pilgrimage and was lost. That happens. Um, but Vitor being a little bit more. I guess now we would call him neurodivergent. I don't know where he would be, but he definitely seemed to have a lot of anxiety as somebody who needed more help. I think Tally would want to protect somebody like that. That's an interesting point of view. I never considered that. For me, I had always thought that Vitor's condition was merely circumstantial because he had just witnessed some horribly traumatic things on Freedom's Progress. So I didn't know, I didn't, I guess I didn't think about the fact that maybe that's, he was just particularly vulnerable to begin with. Yeah, I read it as vulnerable to begin with. And so that's why Tali was going out there to find him when he didn't check in. That would make sense too. I, I think that regardless, I could totally see Tally starting a foundation to help Corians go on their pilgrimage to help them more than they already are helped. And maybe that would get some pushback within the fleet from hardliners who would say, no, it's supposed to be hard. Right. That's not how, that's not the way I did it. So it's gotta be, you've got to do it the same way. I didn't get any handouts when I was first getting started. <laughs> right, right. But you know what? Maybe that would be a moot point given, depending on how you end Mass Effect 3. But uh, for her that pilgrimage appears to have changed her. And maybe, I think, with Shepard's absence, when Shepard is dead throughout Mass Effect 2, those two years, I think maybe Shepard's absence influenced Tally to take leadership in her own life. Oh, I fully agree with that. And when we first see her in Mass Effect 2, there is an immediate change in her for me. Uh, we see it in so many different ways. I love the fact that sh that Tally gains the shepherd lean. Now, I, I just... The shepherd lean, what does that mean? So, for me, in Mass Effect 1, Tally was a ball of nerves and very jumpy and always moving and twitching and her hands were constantly moving when we first meet her in two she looks at you crosses her arms and leans back in the standard shepherd is talking to somebody else pose either hands on hips hands ac across the arms and leaning back and having a discussion and i was like 
Tally has stepped up. She's no longer fidgeting and being bouncy and nervous in her own skin, but is here and present in the moment. That leadership pose, that that pose that shows I am in total control of this situation. Yeah, mm-hmm. I didn't even I didn't even catch that. But you know what? Maybe we should talk to our, our friends who worked on the cinematics for that. They would probably have uh, have had some direct input about that. And, and speaking of, we also noticed that Tally looks different, like physically. There was an explicit effort on the art direction to make Tally look physically more mature. And so I have here next to me the, the Art of Mass Effect book. And I've, I have this page saved because I wanted to bring it up. So let me go ahead and get it one second. Now this is the uh, this is the hardcover book, so it's a pretty hefty book, uh, and I'll lift it up here so our live viewers can see it on video. Oh, my uh, my my auto background is canceling it. Well, never mind. You don't get to see the art. I'm sorry, but here's what the artists had to say about Tally Zora in Mass Effect Two. Tally also proved more popular than expected. Go figure. And early concepts exploring more extreme variations of her hood and uniform were shelved in favor of one that kept her iconic appearance. Tally's final art was a more polished version of the original Mass Effect character with a slightly refined hood. This appearance was chosen because it stood out against the many other Koreans seen for the first time in Mass Effect 2. And on her page, there is a several different variations of how they were going to think about going about Tally's character. My particular favorite is the top left where her hood, it looks like, it looks like celebratory streamers you might see on like a kite. And it's like on the left side. Yeah, here we go. On the live video, we have uh, Genesis showing the page that I'm talking about. Thank you for that. Um, And yeah, do you see the streamers that I'm talking about? That would, that would have been wild. Um, but I think they went with this variation between Tally's Mass Effect 1 appearance and Mass Effect 2 because it looks more mature. Don't don't you think so, Jen? Oh, I fully agree with that. She definitely looks a lot more mature. But one of the things that I really like that they didn't do was make her more mm, physically mature. Now She's got the cultural significance of the clothing change and the acceptance of her adulthood in society. But she didn't get a body overhaul, which I appreciated. Just because you go through a cultural puberty, we didn't need to see that also physically represented. That's right. And and her uh, there's some some small color changes in her clothing, but overall it's still purple, <laughs> mostly purple. Uh, which is, you know, that sense of familiarity, but there is the little distinguishing colors like like gold, that, which have been added, uh, which I thought was a nice touch. But we can see all of this development pretty quickly at the beginning of Mass Effect 2. And so here I, I'm going to show a um, clip of what I'm talking about. I have one from Mass Effect 2. It's actually from the very beginning on Freedom's Progress, like we are talking about. And I'm going to share it here on the video. This is what you're missing out if you're not watching on the live stream. But I'm going to share it here on the, um, on the live stream. And bear with me if I get some technical difficulties. But here we go. Stop right there! Praza, you said you'd let me handle this. Wait, Shepard? I'm not taking any chances with Cerberus operatives. Put those weapons down! Shepard? Is that... you're alive? Cerberus rebuilt me, Tally. In return, they asked me to investigate these attacks on human colonies. You'll pardon us for not taking you at your word, Cerberus. We're well within our rights to investigate attacks on a human colony. I'd like to know what the Quarians are doing here. Weapons down, Praza. Whatever's going on here, I don't think we need another fight. Shepard? So... That was just one of the variations, but that one is a pretty neutral one, depending on what happens. Uh, and immediately you already see that change with Tally, you know. And mm-hmm. what's more interesting to me is how Tally's squad mates react. They see Cerberus and immediately they're like, fuck this, I'm out. <laughs> and so that part is interesting, but they seem to be listening to Tally 
as if she's the commander of their squad, right? Yeah, definitely. Um, as soon as she interjects, they respond, they listen, they stop what they're doing, or else we could have gotten our head taken off right there. Oh, yeah, there was a shotgun pointed, you know, point blank range <laughs> right at Shepard. Yeah. Um, of course, there's plot armor, which makes Shepard a little bit harder to kill than, than most, but, you know. Um, so this scene cannot really vary that much, but there's one little exception, and we talked about it uh, a few weeks ago when we were talking about Tally and Mass Effect 1. So let's listen to how sudden, or how this sudden reunion can go a little bit differently depending on one decision that you make all the way in Mass Effect 1, and it does trace back all the way to her uh, loyalty mission. So, And loyalty, I put in quotes. It's, I think it's called the personal uh, squad mate mission or something like that. But here we go. Um, this clip is, as well as the last one, courtesy of uh, Emily. Just Emily is the name on YouTube. Shepard, is that you're alive? Remember when I gave you that geth data tally? Did it help you complete your pilgrimage? Yes, it did. Praza, weapons down. This is definitely Commander Shepard. Why is your old commander working for Cerberus? I don't know. Maybe we should ask. So, right away, Tally gives uh, Shepard the benefit of the doubt because you have done that personal squad mate mission where you have to it's like a very long one uh and it's not exactly an easy quest to find let alone beat all of it but because you did all of that and you gave her the data that you find on the geth's evolution since splitting from the Corians, she ends up trusting you mm -hmm. and it, it makes sense too because it's like uh you know if you if you see somebody you believe is dead it's a Prove to me that you are who you say you are. You know, you, Shepard shouldn't be alive. I'm not going to trust anybody who just walks up and says, hey, I'm Shepard. No, the and referencing the Geth data is a proof of I am who I say I am. Exactly. It's like, a, hey, you remember this thing that meant a lot to you and I did that? Well, I'm kind of cashing in my, my chips for a favor right now. But there's another thing that's going on at the same time that would serve to cast doubt on the fact that Shepard is who she says she is, aside from the fact that, you know, uh, she was dead for two years. And that is the fact that not too long before that, and I'm not sure on the exact timeline, but not too long before that, according to the events in Mass Effect Ascension, the Idina in the Corian fleet was just attacked by Cerberus. So that's very recent memory. And mm -hmm. all of the Corians are very well aware of that because it was the very rare instance where the Corian fleet was attacked and it was shown to be vulnerable uh, from an outside force, so. And uh, not just attacked, like, there were, I think it said like a couple hundred Quarians died, at least. I don't remember the exact number of the death toll, but, and maybe that's another reason that they were sent out there to look for Vitor, is because it's like, okay, maybe we need to get an accurate count on how many Quarians are out there right now, because we've had a recent attack, because we've had recent deaths, we need to kind of recensus the population. And that would make know, sense. That just came to mind. That would make sense, because one of the key... Um traitors that allowed that attack to happen on the Adina was Golo, this Corian who had been exiled. He wasn't on pilgrimage, he was exiled. But then he ended up stabbing the Corians in the back and basically assisting Cerberus in gaining access to the fleet. So if they wanted to go check up on all the Corians that were not living in the fleet anymore, that would totally make sense. Um, but yeah. that, it, as it comes to Mass Effect 2, that Freedom's Progress mission happens, and then we really don't hear about Tally for quite a while, uh, depending on the order in which you do missions. But for me, I didn't hear about Tally until much later when we recruit her. And so this is kind of a big deal, right? Because you introduce this character, and then for quite a while, you don't hear anything from her. And then all of a sudden, you're like, oh, shit. I can recruit Tally on my on my uh, on my team in Mass Effect Two, and I remember 2010. This was a big deal, <laughs> right? Mm -hmm. This was a big deal. Uh, so we have another clip here, uh, and this one is 
taken from when you are recruiting Tally. It is courtesy of the Anime Duelist uh, YouTuber. And we're going to go ahead and play this clip for all of you right now. <laughs> Those are my notes, if you were catching that. Thank you, Shepard. If not for you, I would never have made it out of this room. This whole mission has been a disaster. I wish I'd joined you back on Freedom's Progress, but I couldn't let anyone take my place on something this risky. A lot of Corians lost their lives here. Was it worth it? I don't know, Shepard. It wasn't my call. The Admiralty Board believed the information here was worth sacrificing all our lives for. I have to believe that they know what's best. I didn't ask what some Admiral thought. I asked what you thought. A lot of people died here. Some of them were my friends. All of them were good at their jobs. That damn data better be worth it. The price was too high. So... I find it pretty interesting right away. She says the price was too high um, because, again, she's exemplifying this leadership role where she feels responsible for the people on her team. Mm -hmm. And this is so starkly different from what we saw in Mass Effect 1 with Tally. It absolutely is. Um, that but it's it's also a little odd to me in the way that she phrases it, because I know all of the events leading up to this mission or once we finally, you know, they've collected the data and they're ready to move on. Um, everybody is so tally focused. Tally's saying that the research was the most important thing. The data was the most important thing. And I hope that it was worth it to the admirals. But everybody that you talk to is like, tally is the most important thing, Shepard. You need to go protect tally. Uh, Cal Rieger is like, no, I must help. And I have to save tally. She's the most important part of this mission and so i don't know if it's it's giving me save the princess vibes and not necessarily save the data save the mission no it's more save the girl so yeah and thank I you for bringing up cal rieger because why does he have the most bald eagle apple pie bruce springsteen chevrolet loving america kicks ass accent Jesus Since Christ, it's not bald it's eagle, it's Baldwin. <laughs> it's, yeah, I know. Uh, but he, he is he is uh, certainly the break in the mold for the Koreans uh, there. I, I mean, he's well-beloved, but we have to recognize that he's a little bit out of place in that role. I think I think he did a great job. But um, as, it, as it comes to Tally, yeah, I think you're right. It is a little bit princess-focused. Maybe some part of that has to do with the fact that she is an admiral's daughter. And they all know that their ass is on the line if she doesn't make it back. So, and and while I was kind of putting together the notes for this uh, episode, I was maybe other people were too, but I was under the impression that this mission for Tally makes sense because it's research focused. Be and I thought that made sense because I thought her father presided as admiral over the research fleet, but that's not true. Her father, I, I tried to double-check my own memory of it. I could not find anything in the lore which confirms her father is the Admiral of the Research Branch. For all intents and purposes, that's Admiral Darrow Oh. And then I started digging a little bit further, and I was like, well, what fleet is her father the commander of? Because there's you know four other Admirals and four other fleets. Darrow is with the research fleet, Han Girl's with the heavy fleet, Chorus is with the civilian fleet, and Shala Ran is with the patrol fleet. But what fleet is Tali's father, Rael Zora, or Rael Zora? I couldn't find one. And I scanned up and down a bunch of forums. I don't think really anyone knows. And it's hinted that he has a senior role among the Admiralty Board. But what does that mean? I don't know. I tried to find an answer. And if you're listening to this and you know, then please drop us a line because I would love to find out. Um, but you, you're, we do learn more about why she's there. The dark energy affecting the stars brought up, right? Well, that storyline didn't really come to total fruition, so it could be a hint at a theme in the next game. And just uh, today, one of our listeners had, had messaged me in, the, in my Discord and said that he had a theory about why that dark energy thing may have been brought up. His theory was that maybe 
it because the collectors were already using dark energy, it made the Reapers hypocrites if their goal was to stop the galaxy from total entropy through dark energy. So his theory was maybe Harbinger had gone rogue, and that's why the Reapers were killing everyone. Now, I brought up to him that the Catalyst does tell us in the very end that the Reapers were just doing its bidding. So I'm not sure if that, that theory holds weight. We do know after the fact that this dark energy storyline was another idea that, that just didn't really pan out. Um, the seedlings of this idea were laying in Mass Effect 2, but by Mass Effect 3, they decided to go with a different theme for the game, which was AI versus organics. Nevertheless, still very relevant to Tally and the Corians. But I digress. Uh, she's recruited shortly thereafter this mission, and she says to Shepard, I promised to see this mission through. I did. I can leave with you and send the data to the fleet. If the admirals have a problem with it, they can go to hell. <laughs> Which is just so amazing. She's just like, yeah, if they got a problem with it, you know what? Fuck them. You that was ticking in my heart. Change my state of mind. Ladies and gentlemen, so hard to find. we got them. That's Tally's general attitude, I guess, come Mass Effect 2, which is great to see because come Mass Effect 1, she's still very timid and, and squirrely, like you said, kind of all over the place. So now she's putting on the commander's hat and she's like, fuck him. <laughs> so, yep. So it's good to see. I mean, I don't know if that'll come back to bite her in the ass. Maybe it will. But regardless. Message coming in. Patching it through. I am sovereign, and this lore cast is mine. I like the sound of that. All right, here we are in the middle of the show, and I, I think you can probably tell by my voice still that I'm still a little under the weather. Uh, COVID decided to punch me in the face, and um, big, <laughs> big shout out to Jen for stepping in and helping Sam with this episode. Uh, but we also have to shout out some new patrons, actually one new patron, and um, our Shepherd Tier patrons who get shout outs every week. Thank you to Maria C for signing up on the Patreon. Welcome aboard. And to all of our Shepherd Tier patrons, Kolkashins, Edboy, Kira C, Lieutenant Ticino, and William, thank you so much for your support. And to all 65 of our current patrons, thank you for being there for us and keeping the show going. Uh, I'm going to skip doing any of the uh, new reviews or anything for next week. So those will be part of next week's show. Have a wonderful rest of the show. I hope you guys enjoy it. And hopefully I will be back to full, uh, full energy. No more disease next week. And I'll see you then. All right. See you guys later. Spit it out. Or are you trying to build suspense? You're so dense, sir. Obviously, I do not know as much about human relationships as I thought. Jin, how do you think the admirals will, will react to this kind of attitude? Or how would they react to that kind of attitude? That eh, if, they can, if, they don't have a, if they don't like me going away with Cerberus, then they can go to hell. How do you think they'd take that? Hmm. The fact that she did provide the data before she left is a sign of good faith. But yeah, they are not going to be happy at all that they left that Tally left with a Cerberus operative on a Cerberus ship. It's it's not going to go over well. No. And again, like we had just mentioned, the Cerberus attack on the Adena was is recent memory. It's not this long ago thing. It's recent memory. And it's somewhat of a watershed moment for the fleet because they realize they're not safe. Their time is extra limited. And the admirals already know that they have about 80 years. So the added thing that's really painful when you replay the series is you realize that Tally doesn't know at the time. But they have extra reason to view Tally with suspicion, the admirals do, given what happens with her father. This investigation into her father and the experimenting on the Geth must have already been going on at this point. And it's interesting because it would be a total misperception on the admiral's part, as it pertains to Tally, her father notwithstanding. You can see just how Tally feels about Cerberus from the very moment that she sets foot on the Normandy SR2. That's in my opinion. Um, so we have another uh, clip here, and this one is going to be showing you exactly how she interacts with uh, Jacob when you bring her on the ship. Cerberus saw footage of you in action, Talizora. 
We're looking forward to having you on the team. Your engineering expertise will really benefit the mission. I don't know who you are, but Cerberus threatened the security of the migrant fleet. Don't make nice. That's why you're here, Tally. I need people who aren't Cerberus. People I can trust. I wasn't part of what happened to the migrant fleet, but I understand your distrust. I hope we'll get past that as we work together. I assumed that you were undercover, Shepard. Maybe even planning to blow Cerberus up. If that's the case, I'll loan you a grenade. Otherwise, I'm here for you, not for them. If it helps, check out the Normandy while you're here. We've gotten a few upgrades. I'll get Talizora the necessary security clearance to access our systems. Please do. I can't be part of your team if I don't know how the ship works. I'll be in engineering if you need me. Don't forget to introduce yourself to Edie, the ship's new artificial intelligence. Jacob. What the hell? <laughs> Why would you say that to a Corian? How do you throw shade and side eye through a mask? Because I felt that glare. Oh, yeah, that's it is so good. That's a sassy ass glare. That's like, okay, look, you were already skating on thin ice, and now I'm going to make sure that your fucking armor malfunctions when you're on the planet side next time. <laughs> Overload. Come on, man. Come on, man. Come on, man. So, yeah, it's. The look that she gives Jacob after he brings up Edie. Another interesting character detail, I think, is that she gets more comfortable, but she's also more awkward with Shepard. And so we're 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 jumping forward a little bit in the in the development. And you'll have to forgive us if we're not going over your very favorite conversation with Tally. But there's a lot of awesome Tally conversations you can have aboard the Normandy. And here's one that I just thought was particularly interesting. Uh, she is. So she is much less by the book in Mass Effect 2 than she was in Mass Effect 1. And so here's a scene from Aboard the Normandy where she gets clammed up talking about living in the Enviro suit. And <laughs> clammed up is a pun. You'll see why. I don't know if I could live inside a suit my whole life. We are in our suits even among family. The most intimate thing we can do with another Quarian is link our suit environments. We get sick at first, and then we adapt. It's our most important gesture of trust, of acceptance. I haven't trusted anyone enough for that, though. Except... Well, no Quarians. Um, you know what I mean. I appreciate the thought, Tally, and I feel the same way. But you don't have to prove anything to me. I know. Well, not that, that I know, but I, I didn't mean it like that. It's a, um, wow, it's really hot in here. It's just that the tradition also signifies a willingness for, um, intimacy. I wasn't trying to, it's not always like that. It's more, um, how did we even end up talking about this? Wait a minute. It sounds like you're suggesting something, Tally. What could I possibly be suggesting? Oh, I don't know. What do you think she's suggesting, Jin? <laughs> oh, yay. My awkward tally is back, and she's absolutely adorable in this conversation. I love it. I love it. I really do, because she has. She's gone a little bit back to the tally that we knew, because now it's another new situation for her. She's never had these kinds of feelings come up for her before, and now, you know, Shepard, who is... Oh, what a, a dashing space hero who comes and rescues her. And it's like, and now we get to fly around adventuring together. And it's like, yeah, I'm starting to catch feelings. Oh, I love this. So this is kind of revealing about how dense I am. Uh, but when I first heard her say, well, I've never linked suits with a Corian before. My first thought was, did you bone a Krogan? <laughs> 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 my first thought wasn't like oh you're telling me you're a virgin my first thought was oh you've had sex with other aliens before this is a weird segue but <laughs> I promise I won't tell HR I guess <laughs> that's adorable <laughs> um, yeah mm, okay 
So, yeah. So, thank you to North Alex on YouTube for that amazingly awkward uh, clip from Mass Effect 2. Uh, but, you know, after speaking with Tally for a while, we get this sense that something's wrong, and she tells us she needs Shepard's help. Um, remember how she dismissed the Admiralty and how they might react to her leaving with Cerberus? Well, it definitely does come back to bite her in the ass. And combined with the deadline for fleet replacement and Geth, tensions just rising. This is really setting the stage for what will become a contentious trial. And I'm going to put trial in the Turian, uh, in the Turian air quotes, right? Yeah, how, how would we, we do that with like Ninja Turtle hands? <laughs> and we're squeezing all of our fingers. So uh, this sets the stage for a contentious trial. Uh, I've heard it called a trial a lot, but honestly, it's more akin to like a court-martial hearing than a trial, uh, because there's no jury, and there's only a panel of admirals hearing your own defense, or rather your lawyer, who in this case is Shepard, uh, against charges brought to you by who knows, because the, the admiralty is the official entity that's charging you, but who knows who really tipped them off and who was investigating this before they were. So Tally tells us that she's been charged with treason, uh, which seems to come out of the woodwork for her. And she doesn't know why, but she thinks that she can lean on her father, who's an admiral as well. Uh, and I say De Musica is saying bench trial. Uh, maybe. I'm not too familiar with the term, but I did go with court-martial because these are all technically mil high-ranking military officials that she is having to testify to. This is not the conclave, right? This is not their civilian uh, body of governance. So... Ultimately, we go there uh, to the fleet, and surprise, they are traveling in a suspicious Cerberus vessel. <laughs> That's what the Normandy SR2 is. So Tally gives them her passphrase, indicating, indicating that everything is legit. You know, We talked a couple episodes ago about how passphrases are a necessary feature on the migrant fleet, because you need to know who's coming and who's going, and they already have very little, and yada, yada, yada. But she gives this passphrase, which to this day is one of my favorite lines in all of gaming, and definitely favorite line from Tally. Uh, so here is a clip from Mass Effect 2, uh, and this is courtesy of WebFoo on YouTube. So let's take a look. Talizora Vasniman Araya, requesting permission to dock with Araya. Our system has your ship flagged to Cerberus. Verify. After time adrift among open stars, along tides of light and through shoals of dust, I will return to where I began. Permission granted. Welcome home, Talizora. We'd like a security and... <laughs> Might help if I unmute again. Uh, so how awesome is that? That... That line, along tides of light and through shoals of dust, I will return to where I began. Keyless a lie. It's so poetic, and it's so fitting for not just Tally, but the Corians, I think. And it's, I think it's especially ironic, because where you're going is the Raya. That's her home ship. Mm -hmm. She was Tally Zora and the Raya uh, before she went on her pilgrimage. And this is where you're going back to her home, and she's basically giving this passphrase that says, I'm being brought home. Right. Um, oh. And I'm, uh, that also brings up, like, it just it came to me, I'm like, do you think that they picked the Raya to be the meeting ship because it would put Tally, like, knock her a little bit off base? Like, this is your home that you're never going to return to because the admirals had already built it up in her up in their minds that they were going to find her guilty. Mm. And so one last time to say goodbye to your ship, or do you think like, Oh, okay, we didn't want to create a whole bunch more ship names. You know, I, from I, a development standpoint. I never considered that. Um, but now that you say that, I, I think that that makes a lot of sense because, huh? Because, the Raya is also a live ship, right? So mm -hmm. that would mean that it it's being one of the biggest ships in the fleet, therefore probably has one of the largest populations. And if they really were doing this as nothing more than a reason to rally the public for war against the Geth, where are they going to hold it? They're going to hold it in one of the largest places that they can 
to gain the largest crowd around. Um, so that I think is part of it. Like you said, I, I think, uh, having a large audience to get rallied around is probably another part of it as well. Um, so I, I think, I mean, she, this is before she even steps foot on board. Do you think that she knows what's really awaiting her on her home ship? I don't think she really does. I think that she heard from uh, Admiral Ron a little bit about what's going on, but nothing that happens. I don't think that she she knows at all what's going to happen. We learn really quickly as soon as she sets foot on the on the Raya why she's being charged with treason. The Admiralty says they have evidence that she sent active Geth back to the fleet. And this is like, you know, if I'm Shepard, I am like, I'm sorry, what did you just say? Because Shepard did not know about this. It was part of her father's project that she was having her work, that he was having her work on. Uh, but she never disclosed that to Shepard. And this probably means that she was doing so while she was on the SSV Normandy. Yeah, and, but it wouldn't be out of character for Tally to be picking up the things that she said, well, when we get into the trial, we'll talk about this, but the things that she did send back, taking parts of Geth machinery or any other little data and info bits that she could find on things and sending it back to the fleet. That seems pretty standard. I mean, I know that me as a player picked up every single item that I possibly can. So Tally doing the same thing doesn't seem out of the norm. Maybe not. I guess I have a different perspective because I used to work alongside the military, not not for them, but alongside them. And everything about that whole practice of picking up active Geth parts and sending them back to the fleet violates every conceivable notion of operational security that I could think of. Um, even in real life, our soldiers aren't exactly allowed to loot the battlefield and then bring back whatever they want. Uh, you can't do that. It's not, it's against policy. People do it. <laughs> Don't get me wrong. People definitely do it, but it's not, there's a reason why that, uh, OPSEC is a thing and that's what they call it. So, uh, so yeah. My brain never really put that together in the fact that me as a gamer loots every damn body <laughs> because I'm like, give me the loot, give me the gear. But then you put that in a real world perspective. Yeah, no, don't loot the bodies. That's that's not good. Yeah, I mean, maybe there's some difference because Shepard's a specter and she's on a specter's crew. But at the end of the day, she's also on an alliance vessel. So I'm not sure the alliance would have been happy about that. And it doesn't seem like the uh Korean fleet is too happy about it either so this this trial this this trial begins uh and much like Shepard the player at this point is kind of in the dark about what's really playing out here and I remember feeling like that being like hold up you were sending active geth parts back what else have you not told me so if we but if we take a fine-tooth comb to even the beginning of this uh hearing we can start to see what we talked about in that last episode uh when it comes to you know, the the whole there's under underpinning notions of uh, political machinations going on here. I think we really start to see what's going on. So we have another clip here from uh, YouTuber Sighawk. This conclave is brought to order. Blessed are the ancestors who kept us alive, sustained us and enabled us to reach this season. Kill us alive. The accused Talia Zorovas Normandy has come with her captain to defend herself against the charge of treason. Objection! A human has no business at a hearing involving such sensitive military matters. Then you should not have declared Talia crew of the Normandy, Admiral Chorus. By <laughs> Ooh, put him in his place, Shalaran. Sweep the leg! Now, Chorus uh, was pissed off that Shepard was there, but ultimately got overruled. But uh, what I found really interesting, let's think to the beginning of that clip, right? She, everyone responds with a keyless ally at the very beginning of that trial, almost as if this is practice. This is customary for these kinds of trials to begin with almost an invocation of source of, and, mm -hmm. and then, and then a keyless ally almost in an agreement which is interesting that it's it's the hearing, it's opening the hearing because it's also a preface and it's ironic 
because of those political machinations that I was talking about that are going on underneath the surface where one faction is pressing for war with the Geth and hoping to retake the home world they wish to see one day. So I found it particularly ironic that they're using the phrase Kila Salai, which means by the home world I wish to see one day. Yeah. And I I think it's I think it's both. I, it definitely did feel like that was the opening. That's what you say all the time. Um, but it also does have that double layer to it. And since it's fiction and nothing is really coincidence, I would venture to guess that that's probably an intentional uh, note there from the writers. But I think there's also the added suspicion of other races, especially since Shepard is human. And I think that's what Chorus is basically voicing, that Chorus is not alone in this sentiment, I think. But Chorus is saying, why is a human here when humans just attacked the fleet? Like, I don't know, X number of months ago. So, again... Another reminder that that attack from Cerberus is recent memory, and Mass Effect Ascension was meant to be a companion book to Mass Effect 2's release, just like Mass Effect Revelation was to Mass Effect 1's release. So another book that takes place right before the events of the game, and it doesn't, it's just supposed to be like in the same kind of vein, you know what I mean? So, mm -hmm. um... Drew Karpishan, of course, wrote all those books. Drew Karpishan is kind of like one of the lore fathers for Mass Effect. So this is meant to be kept in mind. Uh, and yet it's not a book that I read for many, many playthroughs when I was playing through Mass Effect 2. So I'm hoping that that sheds some extra insight for some of our listeners. Uh, but Tally learns shortly after Chorus's objection that she's being formally accused of bringing active Geth parts back that could spontaneously reassemble, Right. No, that's not how it works. As far as I know, Geth can't spontaneously reassemble. Oh, man, I, I wish I had a soundbite of the um, one commercial. I think it was Geico or Progressive that was like, that's not how this works. That's not how any of this works. I, I miss that commercial. Um, but yeah, so she, it's funny you should say earlier that she wasn't the squirrely tally from Mass Effect 1 anymore that you that you came to know because she all of a sudden starts fidgeting and she starts wringing her hands and she explains, no, 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 that can't be. That's not, you know, I wasn't sending back entire Geth and they wouldn't be able to just spontaneously reassemble. And then Admiral Chorus drops the bomb. Oh yeah. Then why is your dad's ship totally fucked up right now? And he's probably dead. <laughs> and it's like, Whoa, dude. Way to tell her that her father might be dead. This is the this is her first time learning about this, that her father and everyone else on that ship are likely toast. Um, immediately, she's just like, "I we need to go check on this. We need to go see what's going on." And and that's the immediate reaction that I would expect from her. You know, like something has happened to an admiral. Something has happened to my father. Something has happened to a ship of the fleet. Those are three key things to tally that she's going to go like, this is way more important than this fake trial of treason that you have on me. And what she finds on the ship is like literally a worse nightmare. You know, um, yeah. every one of her fears, it just comes true on the ship um so we have another clip here um and it's tragic you know this this clip is rather tragic to um to listen to so there's your there's your warning on that one um but yeah let's let's take a take a gander father no 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 you always had a plan masked life signs or or an onboard medical stasis program maybe you you wouldn't they're wrong you wouldn't just die like this you wouldn't leave me to clean up your mess you can't every geth on this ship will die tally it won't bring him back but it's what he would have wanted care what he would have wanted, Shepard. I wanted a father who cared about me more than his war effort. I wanted 
a father who would take the sick leave time and let me see his face without a helmet in the way. Instead, I got orders. And this, and a panel of admirals who think I'm a traitor, those were my father's gifts to me. You also got his mind, and the best military training in the Quarian fleet. You're right. I know what he'd do. Better than anyone. Maybe. He had to know I'd come. Maybe he left a message. Then the transmission cuts out, and we're led to believe that that's how uh, Rael Zora died. Uh, that is so painful. Uh, listening to, and by the way, props to Ash Sroka for that uh, performance, because when she delivers the lines, they're wrong. Like, man, <laughs> just hearing I that, like it brings tears to your eyes. That even that first line when she sees him on the ground and that father, it just it cuts. Oh, it yeah. cuts hard. Yeah. And and by the way, thanks to Sig Hog for uploading that clip too. I had a whole wealth of information about cutscenes on that mission. Uh, but uh yeah, she she can't believe when she's saying they're wrong, you wouldn't just die like this, leaving me to clean up this mess. She can't believe he was doing the experiments he was on the Geth, but she's also pissed off from a daughter's point of view. Where was the father that I wanted as a kid who would spend time with me? Where was the person that I was supposed to see his face? Like, it, daddy issues for sure. <laughs> um, yeah. But it's relatable you know taking it from a standpoint of you know if if a father isn't present in your life or a parental figure isn't present in your life and they are there just emotionally unattainable and you can feel that and this is one of the reasons that a lot of people can connect with tally as a character even yeah. if you don't like romance her and connect with her that way, you can still have this emotional connection of somebody who you expected to be in your life, but was emotionally absent. Yeah. And we get a lot of that ever since the comic uh, that she's in. And she wanted a father, not an admiral, you know? Yeah. And sometimes life doesn't give you what you want. Uh, but he and, and other admirals, were basically arguing and preparing ultimately for the possibility of war with the Geth. And that's why he was doing this, um, because again, that kind of underpinning of there is a certain deadline by which the fleet will suffer and die. This is why that one detail in Mass Effect Ascension is so important, because it's so important to understanding the rationale of all of these different people in the Mass Effect galaxy, specifically in the fleet. Otherwise, it just looks like this comes out of nowhere, right? Um, but he also insists that Tally share the data with Han Geral and Dara Zinn. But you notice he didn't mention Shalaran or Chorus? He said, mm. share the data with Han Geral and Dara Zinn. Why just them? Why not the entire Admiralty board? I found that really interesting. Because he only wants Tally to show his old buddy, Han Geral, who they served together. And now Han Geral commands the heavy fleet, the military arm of the entire migrant fleet. And he wants to share it with the person in charge of experimenting on the Geth. That's Starzin. Uh, so he doesn't want to share it with that uh, whining suit wetter, I think is how uh, Han Geral describes Admiral Chorus. Didn't want to share it with Chorus. Because Chorus is known for being sympathetic to the Geth. So I found that particularly interesting. 
but that kind of leads us to this question of, you know, as the player, after we just witnessed what Tally had to go through, do we show the data, the evidence of what was really going on that he was experimenting on live Geth? Oh, that that's, it's a tough one because I think that the, the morality of it on the Paragon Renegade scale, I don't believe is right. Like, to me, the game kind of pushes you towards hiding the data from the Admiralty board. And because that's the way that you gain Tally's loyalty, you either incite the crowd to fight a, a fight against it. You take the Paragon route of, you know, like, Tally is the best person out in the Tally is the greatest quarian. She knows more about the guests. She would never do anything like this. Or you take the renegade route of you all are a bunch of assholes and need to quit this infighting and realize that this has nothing to do with Tally. You're just using her as a pawn in your in your game. But in reality, the truth is right there. The Tally's dad was doing stupid stuff and he should have to take account for that i mean now it's posthumously but it it's so tough because you want to do what tally wants but what tally wants isn't necessarily the right thing and it's not right that tally would have to have her reputation damaged because of the sins of her father literally um and yet the truth is constant the truth is still there right um no matter what you do, you know, I think showing the data would be what he would have wanted, but why would he have wanted it that way? Was he well, merely trying to foment this war and, and desire for war against the Geth? Was he just trying to advise the other admirals about high-level security clearance int intelligence that he gathered? I don't know. Um, why did he want it that way? I'm not sure, but... Ultimately, to show the data or not, it doesn't really matter what he would have wanted. I know that's probably not what Tally would have wanted to hear, but if we're talking about the right thing to do, then I think we need to address the fact that does truth out does truth itself and the value of truth outweigh the damage to Tally's reputation? I think it certainly outweighs the damage to her father's reputation because put put it quite bluntly, her father's dead. Yeah. So you know, um, if left to her own devices, I don't think Tally, Tally would not have shown it. She, she was not going to show the data. If if you let it up to her, she wouldn't have. But if you do choose to show the data, you will, A, not get her loyalty. But you've informed the, the Quarian populace of the truth of what was going on on the fleet. And personally, mm -hmm. and here's a hot take. Personally, I think that's the the Paragon route. Being a Paragon... That's because you are a truth seeker. Being, well, being a Paragon is not always going to be the popular thing. Doing what's right is not always going to be the, the thing that gets loyalty from someone. Um, and I think truth is more important than loyalty. And I think that Shepard, if Shepard were ultra Paragon, Shepard wouldn't just be thinking about Tally. Shepard would be thinking about the good of the whole of the Corian people. Um, and yet, uh, you know, even later, if your shepherd chooses to do that, Tally will admit that she understands and she might still harbor some, you know, ill feelings towards shepherd, I guess. But I think that she thinks it was the right thing. It was the right call. But that whole thing was basically a ploy anyway to rally the Korean people for war. So the Admiralty Board couldn't unilaterally declare war on their own. They don't have that authority. But they can share co-equal they, they share co-equal power with a conclave, the civilian branch of government. And if it, let's say the, the the fleet were attacked, that would then fall under the purview of the Admiralty Board, where they could declare war because of course they're already in it. If they're attacked, then they're on the defensive. But they can't declare an aggressive a war of aggression. So they needed a um, catalyst, for lack there of a better term, to spur the Korean people to demand war. And 
given that Folly, that Folly, geez, it's been a long day. Given that Tally's father is a mere pawn in the decision by the admirals, like, I, I honestly wonder if anyone besides Shalaran truly cares that her father's dead because they're using his death and the, his experiments as, a, as just this justification to rile people up to go to war. But the admirals did in, indeed have this fire under their ass because of the, like I said, that expiration date that they had forecast in the future for the fleet. It really is a tough call whether or not to show them the data. Because on one hand, you have to and you have to admire the value of truth, but on the other hand, reckless truth telling, I don't think is right either. You ha- there is a we bear a responsibility for the message that we send. We bear a, mes- a, a responsibility for if you're going to expose a large truth, you need to consider the consequences of what's going to happen, and is that going to do more damage in the long run than the good that you've provided with the truth? Um, and so Shepard Shepherd themselves is being manipulated too, whether Shepard knows it or not. And all of this is happening while Tally is being again traumatized by loss and trying to process the fact that her fucking dad is dead. Yeah. She's lost her mother. She's lost her father. And you know, it by the end of by the end of Mass Effect 2, she can lose a lot of her friends um, with the wrong decisions. Uh, so for this to be in that moment where now she's both under trial and during these losses, I see why it takes a big emotional toll on her. It's emotional rough. damage. Um, it's, it's rough, but I think it, it ultimately prepares the stage for Mass Effect 3 where she matures even more and assuming that she survives the the suicide mission, she becomes an admiral uh, in her father's stead. And I think she probably has a long road ahead of her when it comes to truly forgiving her father, because not only are those, uh, are there going to be forever unresolved feelings of he abandoned me. He didn't want to be a father. He wanted to be an admiral. Not only are those feelings never going to be resolved truly because He's dead. But the final decision that he made puts such an undue burden on his daughter's shoulders. And for what? Nothing. Yeah. It, it, it hurts more than it helps when it comes to Tally. I'm sure. I mean, he... why, wouldn't, why wouldn't he just send the data? Like, it would have... If he had the opportunity to record a message, he had the opportunity to send the data package to the two admirals that he wanted it done to. And then, yeah, sure, it might have hurt his reputation, but it would have saved Tally. He chose to not. I'm sure that he thought what he was doing was right. Most people do. But if he thought that what he was doing was right, did he stop to think about the consequences because even when we're doing things that we believe are the right things to do if you're not stopping to think about the the impacts and the ripples and the consequences of your actions then you're being a little irresponsible about it and you're being idealistic yeah. and i don't know if he was while he was experimenting on the, those geth was he thinking about how is this going to like if this really blows up in my face how is my daughter going to be affected how are the Korean people? Did. How are the Korean people going to be affected? You know, did he consider those things? And if he did, I don't know what's worse. Did he not consider them or did he consider it and brush it off? Oh, debates and moral decisions that we may never know the answer to. Well, we can't know the answer to. Right. And ultimately, Tally, you know, you can there are multiple ways to get her off the charges from the trial. And I think those are morally justifiable. I also think it's morally justifiable to share that data and the evidence with the Admiralty Board because you're ultimately sharing it with the Korean people, uh, even though it will be politically weaponized. Um, that much, though, is out of your control as the player, as Shepard. Um, so a lot of weight, a lot of weight put on Tally's shoulders by her father's 
final decision. And I think it just further sets up Mass Effect 3, where she comes back as this even more mature badass who's now helping to lead the Corian people uh, and potentially reclaim her homeworld, although she, she you know, comes around to seeing Megeth in a different light. Uh, but we will talk about that next week. So, Genesis, thank you so much for joining me uh, and uh, being a, a co-host here while Tom is sick. Do you have any other thoughts on uh, Tally? Tally is amazing. I think that she she's one of my besties. Uh, she's a great character all around. And while she's definitely not somebody that my bro Shep ever romances, I consider her to be one of the best friends that I have in the game. Talking to Tally is fun. But I don't really know as for like the whole trial and, and her loyalty mission and things like that. No, I don't have anything else that we haven't talked about. Yeah. Yep. Um, so, well, come back next week, uh, guys, and we will be talking about Mass Effect 3's tally and how she grows even more uh, in that time. And then eventually maybe we'll have to do a uh, tally romance uh, episode, what it's like to romance tally. I myself don't even know. I need to do that in my next Mass Effect playthrough. So uh, until next week, Genesis, is there uh, anything you got going? I already know the answer to this question. You got a lot going on. So so what do you have uh, going on? Can you uh, tell our listeners about your other shows where they may have heard you before? Yeah, I have two other shows that are a part of the Robots Radio Network. Two Girls, One Ship, where we analyze, rate, and review all that the world of video game romance is, including all romance options from Mass Effect 1, 2, and 3. Those are all up. And then other game series um, like Cyberpunk, which I'm also the co-host on the Cyberpunk Lorecast, where we talk about the foundations of the past, the state of Night City today, and the news of the future for all things Cyberpunk, and uh, which you were a recent guest on. Yeah, I was going to say that show sounds familiar. Um, so <laughs> if for anyone that hasn't heard of it uh, before, Cyberpunk Lorecast is a wealth of information, and I was just on there last week to talk about media and journalism within the Cyberpunk universe. Uh, so I learned some things about Cyberpunk, and I'm hoping that uh, some people learn some things about uh, the way media works. And so... Uh, but until next week, uh, people can catch me on Twitch at N7TheLegend. That's where we're streaming this now. Uh, or you can just find me in the Robots Radio Mass Effect Lorecast Discord channel. Uh, I got the same handle there and on Twitter. So pretty hard to not find me if I have an account somewhere. But until next time, Spectres, um, I was going to I was gonna end this the way I normally end my streams. But until next time, Spectres, I guess don't get wrapped up in some kind of uh, awful geopolitical trial that could trigger war, I think is the way that Tom would probably put it. Anyway, and see you, Spectres. Stay safe. Stay safe, Spectres. Thanks for tuning in to the Mass Effect Lorecast. We'd love to hear your opinion and thoughts on the lore of Mass Effect. Reach out to us on Twitter at Mass Effect Cast or check out the Robots Radio Discord. Also, you can send us an email at Mass Effect Lorecast at gmail.com. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply.